Welcome back to Don't Cast and Drive, a series of interviews of artistically driven personalities from different locations near and far. I am your speaker person, Veronica Tyler Christie, aka Sometimes V. For today's episode, I have the honor of having one of my really good friends on here, Cameron Pollard. Either works. <laughs> I I've known this guy. Oh my god, I've known this guy for a really long time through gaming conventions and anime conventions. And Dragon Ball Durag face. And <laughs> Dragon Ball Durag. Um Cameron is like, you know, what being a black girl liking anime and then seeing like this guy kind of like parading around gaming conventions gave me a little bit of hope for the black people in the anime world. So like he's one of the first that I I absolutely adore when it comes to like anime and stuff and shenanigans essentially so uh cam tell me how are you doing <laughs> Ooh, some days are better than others you know yeah. um trying to stay positive even though everything uh, is going on i just watched um biden's speech um before this meeting mm -hmm. so do you feel empowered or do you feel like eh, we'll bit. see what happens a little a little bit it's just it's sad because it's so it, what he said wasn't really that hard what he set up wasn't really hard to do and the previous administration should have done that you know recognize that people are passing away you know not to get too political but uh they really dropped the ball on um dropped the ball on that mm -hmm. no they dropped the ball with all of us to be honest uh, they dropped the ball with the stimulus, they dropped the ball with COVID, they dropped the ball with even like the stuff beforehand, just the the unity of people or some people even see it as kind of like the exposure of the of the separation of people. Um, I mean, it's always been there, but it's just been amplified on a larger platform. Yeah. That's how I feel personally. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, like I told people that I knew that voted for Trump, like the first time, okay, that's fair, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But the second time, it's like I can't, you know. I can't really fuck with you like that. Like, <laughs> if if you're making over four hundred thousand dollars a year, that would be the only way I'd get it. And ninety nine percent of my friends do not make over four hundred thousand dollars a year, and even then, mm -hmm. I'm just like, um. I don't get it and this whole um campaign you know I'm like well Kamala and Biden aren't much better and I'm like well they're a better choice than what's going on right now because you know I don't know if you know but by um by political terms I probably align more libertarians mm -hmm. but not exactly because you know I like parks and public amenities as well yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, I agree. I I mean, it's kind of like the older that we're getting, it just it's one of those things like this option is better than the other. Um and then just with like the four years of like like social hell, uh I would put it with like, you know, those who are feeling empowered to belittle others or feel like that it's their chance to shine when it comes to whoever is in leadership, it's, it's all for the wrong reasons. And my whole, my whole take is um, as much as that there might be a, an under the skin 
opinions on like, you know, investing and, you know, housings and like how people work with their corporations or tech or whatever that you may say, like, are like the underlying issues that might have benefits with, you know, the orange guy in office. But, um, but there's not a lot of people who are smart enough that understand those underlying issues. I'm not even smart enough to understand truly those underlying issues, but I worry about more what's going on directly with people. Um, like I didn't like the fact that like someone felt empowered to wear a Trump hat and try to cut me in line somewhere thinking that I wasn't going to say anything or, you know, that the fact that it's like, I voted for this guy because, you know, white people need to be heard too. And it's like, well, heard for what, like, what do you need to be heard for? You know? Um, and which is like an example, I'm not saying like, that's the whole deal, but like heard for what, like you, what, what oppression are you feeling right now? Like what's, what is your oppression? Can't get a haircut, can't go, can't go to, can't go to Denny's. Yeah. I feel have, like, you have to wait an extra five minutes to get your service, whatever service done. Is that your oppression? Not acceptable. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other side, everyone's fighting for their fucking life. People don't want to get lynched anymore. Black folk don't want to deal with the systematic approach of, um, oppression that's dealing with in the workplace or with schools or the caste system. Like it's just like a kid was jogging and basically got lynched. Like that's basically, I mean, it wasn't like old school lynching where he got hung from a tree, but a kid was just out jogging and he was a black boy and then he got picked up. And it's like, that's the oppression. Cause like he didn't do anything to anybody except for the fact that he was black. And so that's, that's the thing that I just don't understand. And that's what I've been mostly focused on when it comes to like society. I don't understand why Mexicans are treated the way that they are. Cause they're not even the issue. Yeah, there's a few things, you know, I'm not proud of it, but that I made advantageous in said situation. Um, one, I don't know if you know, but I was uh, maybe five minutes away from all the barrier riots. So mm -hmm. as soon as they were happening and right after, I was on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and I got a lot of electronics for cheap. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is the suspension of the H-1 visa. It, I feel like it's kind of a double-edged sword, especially in my, my field being an engineer. So it's like, how do I explain? A level one engineer in the 90s would make about 90 to 120K. Mm -hmm. What a lot of companies rather do with H-1 visa is hire someone from overseas, pay them 60K, pay for the training and then have them work. Now that's all good and all. I have no problem with people trying to better their lives and come over here. Exactly. Yeah. Jobs. But one, it tanked, it tanked the IT market and flooded it. And then two, it's not even good for people coming over because I don't know if you're familiar with the H1 visa, but after the contract is over, these people only have about a week or two to find another job or they get deported. So it's not good for anybody involved. Right. I think with the suspension of the H1 visa with, um, with COVID going on, I think that's one of the only, um, for me personally, one of the only positive things come out of it, even though, you know, I hate where I'm at. I'm looking for other stuff, but mm -hmm. the pay rates are going up and 
with that H one visa, another thing that's been a problem is uh, just like blockades in general, like tariffs, like computer components mm-hmm. are going up 25, 30%. Like having motherboards, like a stack of them now is like gold because it's so expensive now. And, you know, even me as a wholesaler, just like, you know, a graphics card will say it retails 450, but I'm going to pay 600 for it and I'm going to sell it for 650, 700. So, I mean, it's not, it's not, there's a lot of problems going on. Mm-hmm. Um, one mess. That's why that's kind of a double edged sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's really unfortunate. And th- yeah, I have actually heard about the H one visas. That anybody who's involved with it, it's not good. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's any implications of like you know anyone who has those visas who try to have kids while they're under those visas. Like if that complicates things, it where like if their kid is born on American soil, that it's really hard for them to then get um, deported. I'm not saying that's what our hope is, but like, is that is? Do you know anything about like any of those implications? From my understanding, the child can remain on American soil. Figure if you came from overseas and you got with an American woman, you had a child, your child would have the ability to stay here. Um, but you could still get, you still run the liability of being deported. I see, I see. From what I understand, I could be wrong. So if any of your viewers want to fact check me, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's from my understanding. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I can get that. Um, So um, actually, just let's kind of move on to some other things as much as like we want to talk about the implications of society right now. It's the the super sadness right right now. Like it's really, really awful. And like, you know, from politics to the job market, like it's it's rough. Um, I can say that for for Mary, like I can say that for sure. Like I struggle to find even my current job. but only because like, I it felt like I had to turn in like 500 applications before I got even like an interview. So like, that's the other side of things is like you interview, you interview, you interview. And then once you interview and then they pe- people see who you are. Um, and then my, my whole thing is like the things that are working against me is that I'm a plus size black girl um, who's not afraid plus to- Plus a lot of weight actually. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yoga, yoga. Mine's cocaine and a bicycle. Down oh my god so um some things that i i actually really appreciate but appreciate about you cameron is that um and yeah sure you might call it blowing air up your ass but it's true i uh, <laughs> um, uh, is that you always like find the next new thing to get yourself into so like can we talk a little bit about kitukatu your clothing line your everything oh well, I have some actually new merch. I you can't really tell on camera, but I redesigned my main shirt. So I'm phasing out a lot of stuff because I've uh, developed lines of manufacturing. But um, I, I, I really did it because I, I love uh, I love geeky clothing. But geeky? Geeky. Geeky. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Go on. <laughs> I love geeky clothing. Yeah, geeky clothing's cool too, but like I love geeky clothing and um, I'm trying to get more people, 
you know, I try to get, I'm trying to get more people that represent us mm-hmm. the brand. Like my mascot, Alice, is based off of my wife, but mm-hmm. it's so ambiguous. I feel that any, any brown person can kind of associate with them. It's not just I have her plastered all over clothes. I have different stuff coming out, um, mm-hmm. button-up shirts. Um, like my next line I'm drop, I'm going to put up some new hoodies. Um, sometime I got to go find an iron <laughs> to take pictures. <laughs> but um, really, I just wanted to um, promote good clothing because I've always been into streetwear. You know, like Babe, Supreme, the Hundreds, uh, mm-hmm. there's some Lafayette, and there's some off, there's some off ones too that a lot of people aren't into. But I tried to marry all that together. Um, that's a, this this whole thing has been another uh, victim of COVID because mm-hmm. I was expecting to be at conventions selling stuff, but I had to develop into more of a web store. But um, I've done a clothing brand before when I was in high school, but um, this one, this one's different in the fact that I'm taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got all the legit paperwork, LLC, all my trademark copyright, all, all that's all set up. Mm-hmm. So, um, and not only that, I'm helping other people get into manufacturing because, you know, a lot of people want to do do a lot of different things and i guess that kind of goes back in when you're saying i'm trying to find the next thing to get into or trends mm-hmm. i find that a lot of people especially people of color get are interested in doing things but don't have the right avenues and there's a lot of gatekeeping in a lot of different industries right and um i have no problem being transparent where i get things made i have no problem like i say if you want shirts for your podcast i have no problem hooking up with a manufacturer to get that made or make mm-hmm. it for you do design but just everything that I do I try to give back to the community like um with my computer building I teach kids how to build computers um you know I'll build like a base system for them like okay so if you want to upgrade I'll teach you this and that I'm not a teacher grown adult they can go on YouTube and figure it out they're like, <laughs> they're like 12 14 year old and you know they can start making computers and putting money in there. Yeah, you, you get them up on their feet. Like, how would you say when when you first started doing computer builds, which kind of gets onto the next subject I wanted to touch on is like, how did you start learning how to do that? Like, was it from scratch? Was it just by hanging out with the right people? Like what fueled your curiosity for that? Um, I've always played around with computers. I think I built my first computer of like maybe eight or nine. My grandmother at the time, she's retired now, but she worked for a church mm-hmm. and, you know, they get donations and I just play around with um, the donation. I try to build a computer to play with at the time, you know, 480, 486 processors. That was a fair time, but I kind of, I fell out of it in my teen years and around the time you met me, I was into other things, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I got back into it when I found out Alyssa was pregnant. Um, I was a manager at CVS Pharmacy and uh, my friend introduced me to an opportunity um, to become an engineer. And that was one that was one major thing I learned about doing engineering. It's not about it's not about degrees, it's about what you know. Yeah. And um, I like 
my AA is bullshit. You know. Um, what did you get in your AA in? Sociology. Sociology? Thing, yeah, the only thing you do with sociology is uh, teach other people how to be sociologists. That's really all it is. Ooh, you're telling me about music majors. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Oh, no, that's no problem. So from there, um, as the nature of the beast is, doing engineering, you know, upgrading people's computers, taking parts, I started putting parts together and like I, like I was when I was younger, but now it's just in a larger platform and I know more. And your builds are very, very beautiful. Like I really like how they're they're very colorful and they're very aesthetically pleasing. I can't I can't really comment too much on the uh, function of them just because of the fact that I haven't used oh, no, your computer. <laughs> Stop I've it. Had no, I've had no returns in my last four years of making them. So oh, okay. So though you're doing great. Um, but I think the coolest thing that you had is I think you had like a ghost in the shell gif or like recurring like. I think I actually, I still have that, com that kind of computer right here. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, um, it's just, you have that one little scene just replaying and it looks super dope. I was like, I want one. <laughs> I want one. Put some fucking Peroni Kenshin. Even if you don't have the money yet, you will have one soon. <laughs> no, it, it's really dope, my friend. Like, I'm really glad that you are getting into that. Cause like, you know, now from what I've noticed is like everyone wants to match up their shit especially if they're very very head ass about it and so if you're like oh hey I can build a computer to look like that you'll do it you know yeah and that's it's hella funny like up until recently I actually personally haven't had a computer I just end up selling everything because I'll build something <laughs> for myself and someone will be like oh that's dope I'm like well I'm not going to turn down money <laughs> just take it so I can make myself a new one that's that's pretty crazy dude uh no like I I really like that fact and I just you know I'm I'm glad that you're able to do that but um going back into like you know it, it's just like would you consider this more of a hobby or something that you're trying to get into like full-time or like what's the what's the goal with uh building a bunch of computers um well with what's going on right now and um, developing lines of communication, like direct and manufacturing stuff. It might be something I would do um, full-time. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, ideally, you figure if I sell three computers a month on like an average of three to $4,000, I would be fine. So kind of this year, like right now, I'm actually working on a logo. So I'm spinning off, I'm spinning off a kid to cat to into um, a computer bu building. So I'm going to have my main focus be apparel and stuff, mm -hmm. but trying to cross um, promote. So people see my computer bills like, oh, you need a t-shirt and it's like that. I've never been good at social media, which is really weird. Oh, that's ironic because you did you did some work with uh, San Jose Comic Con for social media. Yeah, I bullshit my way there. I just wanted to meet Michelle. <laughs> that's really it. That was really funny. Uh, quick story: Cameron and I uh, got to have a chance to kind of see some of the opening sequences of of San Jose Comic Con, but the moment the convention eventually like actually opened up to the public. I got kicked out because I didn't have the right credentials. 
Cameron's like, here's a badge. And I'm like, great, I can walk around. And then some lady's like, but where's your wristband? I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think um, my goal when I originally started going to conventions, I was like, I never want to pay for another convention again. Yeah. And I've been successful thus far. Um, I'm actually getting more, I'm getting training. Um, you remember Uncle Rob, right? No, actually. Rob Miles? Mm -mm. Um, I might have ran into him, but I don't remember who that is. Probably met him before, but he's trying to get me more into um, production. Okay. Which, again, is kind of funny because, you know, knowing me, I'm actually a pretty shy person, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, you'd be great. He's like, you're good at networking. You're good at... Uh, you have an eye for what looks good and what should be done and how it should be done. So mm -hmm. kind of doing an apprenticeship like that. Um, kind of that's what I've been kind of doing at anime mm -hmm. uh, slowly. I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but it's getting to the point where I might um, do more production for different shows and uh, expand. What was your um, just just out of curiosity, kind of going back to some of the conventions, what was your role with um, KenyobiCon? And I don't even know what I do. Because <laughs> I thought you had some part in, in like the logistics side of like um, of organizing KenyobiCon. And for those who are listening, KenyobiCon is, is an East Bay uh, smaller convention. Um, it's It was hosted in, I believe, in Newark. Yeah, and yes. that went on for like, I feel like what, a few years, almost five years? Yeah, we're currently in Union City now. Um, so it started out, we were, uh, we're a college club called Game Zone Recreation. And we mm -hmm. used to do um, fighting game tournaments and different little small events like that. And then some members of the group, which none of them are still in the group, which is hella funny. Like, yeah, we should do an anime convention. <laughs> and like this you know a lot of it's like this sounds like a terrible idea <laughs> here we are what 13 years later like i think we only missed well besides this year obviously but i think or last year obviously but i think we've only missed one year because we we overspent when we were doing a hotel mm -hmm. but um i guess you could say i'm i'm a chair mm -hmm. um and what are the duties of a chair what are duties of a chair or what do I do? Yeah, with, yeah. With, what do you, what, like, what were the, what were the responsibilities? I, the reason why I'm asking is it's a big deal to host a convention, even if it's not as big as like, you know, PAX or Anime Expo. Um, it's start somewhere. Exactly. It's, it's still hard. Even if you have like 50 people show up, like it's still really hard to kick off a huge event like that and like hope everything goes safely just because like you said there's the hotel there is booking your guests there is scheduling the program and it's like a multi-program right like it's not even like a linear thing like there's a bunch of things always going on at the same time so that's, that's the secret to conventions you gotta have a uh, fear of missing out yeah but, um <laughs> the fomo effect of conventions oh, originally boy. um I was in I was in charge of uh, volunteers, mm -hmm. so um, I get a lot of. Uh, I mean, I'm almost thirty now, so it sounds weird, but I get like a lot of uh, teenagers and young people that 
didn't necessarily have money to come to convention or have them come volunteer for like four hours and then have the rest of the convention for free. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that kind of management for a while. Um, helping set up vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, just really just using my network connections to get different things done mm-hmm. at the show. Mm-hmm. But um, more recently, I've taken like a back seat. I mean, so like when you're at like a waffle stand, got food handlers cards for uh, my sister-in-law and her friends. They're like, hey, earn some money. I'm like, well, let's make a fucking waffles. And, <laughs> but now you can, uh, if you go to the convention, they'll probably just see me walking around or doing a booth or I don't know. I'm just, I'm just there. Yeah. Well, I'm, no. I'm helpful. I'm help. I help when I'm needed. I help when needed. If uh, people need like a quick idea to get something fixed, I usually have a good idea on how to get it to work or get it to fix. So that's kind of probably why I'm getting into production. Is it, would you say that you're just kind of like, you, you let things kind of run on its own until, until someone pings you then? Yeah. Cause the guys are, um, they're, they're really good with what they do. Um, so I just, when I, when help is needed, I can, I can help, I can help get that if need be, but generally, um, it kind of, it's at the point where it kind of runs itself. Yeah. I think in my whole years of Yogi Con, I've only had to kick out one person. <laughs> um, I mean, the whole staff is, all the main staff is black, so, I mean, I mean, that might be <laughs> a little bit too, kind of. But that's such a huge accomplishment. You don't get a lot of conventions that are like just run by african-american like friends in general it's always just like it's always like oh some white guy kind of leading the whole like clan or whatever it is but uh (laughs) but like the thing is that uh you don't get a lot of i mean except for maybe blurred con like you don't really hear a lot of um you know conventions being run by black folks so it's that's a huge accomplishment especially like that you guys are taking over the east bay area like that's great I think that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I have. Um, I keep setting aside money every year because I, I want to do something. You know, I want to do something big, and we we have done something big. I guess you could say kind of like the Icarus effect. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that 2013 or 14? Um, we got a hotel, and we had who did we have? Our guests. Um. Christina V showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, you had know, Sunny Straight one year, the guy yeah, who was Krillin. We have a lot. I, I've met a lot of famous people <laughs> at conventions. Um, some that I didn't even know were famous. Like, I met Johnny and Bosch. I didn't put the connection until afterward. He's like, oh, Johnny and Bosch. <laughs> that, hap- that happens to me too, <laughs> where yeah. it's like I meet people and I went, oh, Oh, yeah. my I think, bad. <laughs> I think the worst guest that I've ever had to deal with in person was maybe Vic Monogana. Where have I heard that name? He plays Edward Elric in uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's a trash person. <laughs> oh no, what what happened? It didn't happen. So, <laughs> like I said, I was managing volunteers, but my friend Kareem 
I don't know if you met Kareem. Kareem uh, sounds familiar. He, he, he manages guests and he's like, hey, Cameron, can you come with me and manage guests? So I know it must be bad. Kareem's like 6'5", Ella Buff, like, <laughs> wait till dude. So I know this must be bad. So I'm with him, with Vic, and uh, we end up going to lunch at a hibachi's place. And this was during the Olympics. And, you know, he, we were eating hibachi. Vic was just being obnoxious. Like, we, we, had, we had a camera and all this all the time. So, you know, we were taking pictures for stuff. The kid, there was a kid across from us having a birthday party using forks, and he just said, "Forks are for pussies." Like to a kid, like this kid is. <laughs> me and Kareem just look at each other, and we're just like, <laughs> and it's sad too because Vic is actually from where my family's from, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I'm just like he's a terrible representation of us. No. Um, among other things, um, all the fan letters that he got and pictures. Mm-hmm. which is all in the trash like I think we still have them in the office somewhere because we saved them but he just threw them all in the trash damn the camera went missing so we're we we're assuming he stole the camera because it did not look good on him but um what stop this guy was shysty <laughs> I mean this was years ago like, I'm pretty sure Vic got canceled like a year or two ago so I mean but it's just things that like when he got canceled like I was not surprised was you like, know yeah. what yeah I did hear about this guy. Yeah, he did get canceled. Uh, <laughs> cancel culture. Yeah, he did. Get, I forgot what he got canceled over, but he got canceled over something really bad. And I just saw his name being plastered all over the place. And I didn't make the connection that he was Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist. Well, he's Edward Nolan now. Yeah. Whoo. Well, I mean, at least you didn't meet Sonny Strait in an elevator, like smelling like fucking vodka. This girl yeah you know <laughs> that sorry go on i don't drink i don't drink or do drugs or anything like that believe it or not oh i don't do that anymore i mean i was you, you know how it was when we were both like when we first met each other we were just like fooling around acting like fucking idiots because we had the freedom to do that <laughs> that's why my son is never going to anime conventions without me <laughs> He's not like he's banned from fanime. Just put him on the ban list. He didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're just not allowed to go, man. Oh my god. Um, did you have any roles actually in a uh, fanime? Because I know you were very close with some of the guys that ran Stage Zero. Um, so did you have any roles with them that kind of inspired you to help with um KenyobiCon? Well. My uh my Spanime um volunteering is kind of checkered. Mm-hmm. I did I did logistics. I think I did registration my first year. So this would have been like 2008. God, I'm old. Like 2008. <laughs> um and then I did I did uh logistics for a little bit. And then eventually I got into stage zero as a stage host. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said before, I'm shy. So I got more in the back end production of it. Yeah. But um, it's a good group of people, really all close knit. I mean, we hang out outside of the convention. Mm-hmm. I, I saw Wendell not too long ago, came to pick up some fruit. Um, but originally I got into conventions, but I didn't want to pay for a convention again, but I ended up staying because I actually enjoyed doing it. Yeah, that's how I got into fanime is um, 
I was one of those kids that were super broke and I had, I managed to get money for the hotel for the weekend. Um, but I didn't have money to get into the con. So I didn't realize volunteering to get into a place for free was a thing for anime conventions. I knew that was a thing for like, uh, motor races and and like motorcycle races because I lived next to Laguna Seca growing up um which is for those who are listening that's uh that's a big um racetrack um in between Monterey and Salinas uh but I used to go into the get into those events for free um and then also get all my volunteer hours for high school but then like learning that I can volunteer for Fanime I'm like great I don't have to pay whatever money for the three-day pass I think at the time it wasn't even that expensive it was like what 50 bucks or something like that or even 40. Now it's like 90. Yeah so yeah and then I thought like okay so I did the gaming hall for a long time and then I did logistics. Did we do tabletop at the same time because I definitely did tabletop. I I think you might have gone on the year after I left. I think you did because I did it for a year and I did not meet you through tabletop. <laughs> uh, and like Logan, I kn- Logan and all of them like, yeah. I yeah. I, I met Logan and Marcus and Sarah Virtus, who's fa- fantastic. I absolutely I love Sarah. I actually, that's one of the few people I've seen in this pandemic. She got a shirt made. Yeah. She's, she's like a plus plus, but yeah, like I, yeah, I did that. And then I took a couple, I took a break where I didn't pay for a pass per se, but I just roamed around like the outskirts of the anime until they like closed off the entrance. Um, you wore a katana and a Naruto jacket and Ambu or Atsukuri jacket and a headband and a sword. Mm-hmm. You're one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, anime conventions kind of feel like in a way like, you know, I lost a sense of identity going into college because I was so concentrated with music that I didn't feel like I could be myself during those conventions. And then finally, like having an outlet where I can express myself, like with my appreciation for, especially appreciation for watching Toonami when I was a kid. Um, it was kind of great to like meet a bunch of people, even if it was in like the weirdest circumstances <laughs> to meet, meet and make friends that way. Cause then I felt like a part of my identity came back. No, I definitely feel you on that. Especially, um, I actually got, I'm trying to think what was my first convention. It had to be like kind of in 2006 or seven. Mm-hmm. I found out about that on Kids WB. Shut up, really? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now imagine me in high school. I think I was a freshman or sophomore. No, my first commission was AOD 2006. Mm-hmm. But my first like full convention going was Fanime. And uh, I was there on a Bugle Boy button up and Jabose in my air. Like this is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Very different from my dress now. But um, my first convention because I always grew I grew up watching anime not just you know Toonami and UP you know underpaid Negroes network and all that <laughs> oh my god but um my uncle um used to collect anime and VHS go to Suncoast or Sam Goody my uncle would would blaze and just watch anime so there's a lot of anime that I was watching when I was young mm-hmm. probably should know about, like those who on L's uh Ninja Scroll uh and she was there berserk in there somewhere no i did see cowboy bebop in the original run though um akira um 
And I think that kind of translates to like the kind of anime I like. Because like mm-hmm. I watch some new animes, but um, I always find myself returning to older ones. Like my golden era is like late 90s, early 2000s kind of anime that I like. Like Sail Experiments Lane is probably my favorite anime of all time. Yeah, I heard that was a good one. Yeah, it's uh, it it's very it's more relatable now than it was in its original run. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance to watch it, I mean, I'll even let you borrow it. But if you get a chance to watch it, I recommend it. It's only it's only thirteen episodes long. It's not long at all. Yeah, but they get so much um, explained during that time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, I, that's what I miss about really good anime is like keeping it kind of short and to the point um there's a lot of new anime that go on goes on for seasons and seasons and seasons like i i know that everyone swears that one piece is a good anime but i can't i think crack would be cheaper and more effective (laughs) yeah i can't sit through the number of episodes and then same thing with bleach i lost interest in bleach because i just i couldn't sit through the bount arc like i it was something about the bount arc that i lost interest in the language to me (laughs) i think the only like long series i've watched like i mean more than three seasons is uh one called yo mushi pedal Mm -hmm. which i it's like one of my guilty pleasures it's about road it's an anime about road biking it's a sports anime it's about the power (laughs) of friendship and stuff like it it's just so inspirational i'm gonna get my get my fat ass on this bike i'm about to go out here you know ride like (laughs) half a mile of yamba (laughs) right but uh yeah i um are you familiar with arcade fire the the music group yeah i feel like when i go to conventions now that song rococo Mm -hmm. you know that song but it just feels more relevant than ever because that whole song that whole song is about not understanding what the kids are talking about Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, there's a meme I, was, I saw the other day that I was like, yeah, the news is saying, yeah, teenagers, oh, yeah, I'm a teenager. And like, oh, shit, I'm not. I'm 30. So I was just yeah. like, yeah, you know, I don't know, you know, when I see, like, everyone's, like, when I go to conventions now and I see everyone's cosplay, it's like, yeah, they look dope and stuff, but I have no idea what that's from. Like, yeah, I I feel that a lot. Like, I, I know that. I think the last time I went to a convention, I took my sister and my sister's 10 years younger than me. Um, and there was a lot of folks who were, who were dressed up. And I think I actually, I'm actually into it. Uh, as in like, there was one anime that kept grabbing my attention because I saw a lot of people cosplaying as them. And I thought, what, what anime is that? And then someone's like, Oh, this is my hero academia. I'm like, I've never heard of it. I, I do like that show. I do like no, that. And that is a good anime. I actually, adore it i like I how they kind of turned that shonen superhero uh trope on its head yeah i agree and, um, i think it's a real written show you know people are just like oh yeah it's just green naruto i'm like there's more to it than that i, I feel like <laughs> it's, a, it's a well-written show like uh that and uh, demon slayer the two long-form shows that i watch currently um i just watched uh, dr stone the other day mm-hmm. but um I'm getting more into just an I, I just animation in general. Like I watch a lot of I watch American animation, French, mm-hmm. 
uh, European, all kinds of different stuff. Um, watch a lot of live action too, like Law and Order. I've watched every season of Law and Order SVU. That was like one of my, that's my favorite anime, <laughs> Law and Order SVU. Is it really? Stop it. <laughs> I fucking love Law and Order SVU. You know, considering with everything that's going on with the police <laughs> thing, like, I fucking love that show. Like, that How, show. What requires it to be an anime? <laughs> there's a protagonist and they got to come against odds. And uh, there's a. Is the protagonist super strong? Is Kenny's. Mentally. Does he start fights? <laughs> like, not like kidnapped and brutalized, man. Like, you know. But Law and Order is something that I watch. But like most of my entertainment nowadays, believe it or not, like you told me senior years, I never believe you. I just watch YouTube. Like there's mm-hmm. someone like D'Angelo Wallace is like one of my favorite YouTubers right now. Um, I really like his cadence and how confident himself. Might be kind of controversial, like H3, H3, H3. Um, watch a lot of gaming technology channels. Mm-hmm. Alyssa fucking hates it, but like, but, <laughs> and then. Like I watch like a space documentary. She's like, I didn't know you were into space. And I'm just like, I just, I, I just love learning. Yeah, no, everyone loves. Okay. First of all, I think space is dope because there is all these unexplainables that are out there that you can't, that we can't, that we're never going to be able to touch in our lifetime. Well, I don't know, man. Millennials have faced a lot of historical events, so we might be the first, but <laughs> Right, broken through the gender, the gender and sex, the sex uh, norms. So anything's possible. Yeah, anything's possible. But it's just absolutely fucking crazy to think like there's miles and miles and miles of shit out there that we're probably never going to see or one day we'll see. We don't know like if there's life out there that is like sentient like it is here or if it's still just a bunch of dust or just like little like plant organisms like we don't know it's i love uh lovecraft country's take on that because i like i love the book i read the book when i was Mm -hmm. a long time ago but um the series is a little different i think that's the only reason i bum off my mom's hbo but i would have bought hbo (laughs) just for that show um but i like their take on uh, multiple dimensions and things like that Mm -hmm. You know, with the back setting of uh, 1950s um, Chicago and Tulsa. Yeah, I heard Lovecraft Country is really good too. I haven't watched it yet, but I heard it was a really good show to get. It's really good, and there's a lot of um, different. Each episode, I mean, you can watch each. There's an overlying story, but you can watch episodes when whatever episode you want. Because like the last one, the last two, but like there's one episode that deals with the Tulsa massacre. Mm. that really hit home to me because that's where my family's from my, on my mom's side your mom's tulsa. from tulsa oklahoma tulsa taft rose lawton lawton is a big military base but i mean from that area and in that era yeah so when they showed the t- tulsa massacre it hurt me on a different level yeah that was that's definitely like one of the things that's a tr- like a, a true like american tragedy um, was that whole massacre and I mean, only because like someone was <laughs> what what was that girl's name Sarah not Sarah Page was it Sarah Page it might have been Sarah Page it was one of those white women who cried wolf and, and then everything just like fell apart essentially but it was like one of those things like they just 
that community just needed a reason to come after like the Tulsa area. Like they just needed a reason, which was very, very unfortunate. And it goes back to the whole thing. Like pe white people want to be oppressed so bad. And what then it gets awesome. like black people killed. When people are trying to um, bring back Black Wall Street, like um, Killer Mike with the whole uh, Greenwood um, bank. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's F it's not FDIC insured, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, Greenwood is a reference to Black Wall Street in Tulsa, and I think that's uh, very powerful. And Yeah, uh, like, we, we need to have that back, because, like, it's something that is, like, long overdue. It's way long overdue, and it's really awful after even the fact that Tulsa, the Tulsa massacre happened, that there was that people that the folks who were probably part of like you know destroying that whole area they were even trying to get the land for themselves like it, it i think it was just a whole plot just to just to run black people out and it costed lives i don't know i just get really fucked up over that because it's our history long story short yeah that's um but did you, just out of curiosity, when your family, did your family move from Oklahoma to California specifically, or was there a little bit of traveling? I haven't really asked about it, but just cause I just saw the episode, like I'm familiar with the event, but that episode when it triggered me, mm -hmm. I hate using that word, but it did. Mm -hmm. And um, just cause it, it came out during the pandemic, I haven't really been able to ask cause like, I think the last time I was in Oklahoma visiting family was for my aunt's 60th birthday. So that would have been in 2019 when your boy was chunky chunky. I <laughs> some pictures and that's what kind of, I lost like a hundred pounds after that. But like, also what's funny about you losing weight is like you, you just had like the dad body for a second and then you're like, oh, hey, I need to get rid of this. And then you just went on keto and you lost it all. So congratulations. Thank you. I think what, you know, I think you get chunky when you're happy. And um, in my late teens, early 20s, I wasn't really that happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I had self-image problems and whatnot. But, you know, now I'm out here with my hair hella long and just doing and wearing what I want, you know, as long as it's uh, socially responsible. But um, I think I gained all that weight between I cycled off my medication mm -hmm. and I was about to have a baby which was probably the most scary and exciting time of my life but I think honestly the combination of being happy I know it sounds weird but the combination of being happy and depressed with my uncle's passing I just gained so much weight I was by my I was by myself I wasn't really talking to anybody mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people that you know a lot of the people that didn't reach out to me at that time I don't talk to anymore you know um it's like that song that song by uh Tom York uh the eraser mm -hmm. I think like the first lines are like please excuse me but I gotta ask are you only being nice because you want something because yeah. I'm I a lot of people tell me I'm I'm the go-to guy for just random stuff <laughs> you kind of are though <laughs> I try to be resourceful because you know I grew up which is weird like the the money shift in my family is so weird because i have cousins that are 
hella rich and my cousins that are hella poor like live in the hood mm -hmm. we moved to california so their idea of rich is poor here so i grew up without money so i had to learn how to fix and do things for myself i guess that's kind of where um like you said with me jumping on trains and stuff i just learned how to do things for myself not yeah. that it's not that it's not okay to depend on others but i want to be resourceful on my own yeah generally anything that i i want or i want to do i either have access to learn it or um i can do it myself right yeah i think you're like i said like you're one of my friends who will find yourself into something and you'll find yourself either if you get caught in the mix of it and it's too much you'll you'll find a good way to get out of it or like you know if i need to get into you sound mousy what if you sound mousy i uh, i mean you said you're shy right <laughs> but no like it's kind of like like when i first met you like at first you were one of my friends who were like oh yeah that's cameron you don't want to know cameron because <laughs> it's not that like I didn't want people to know you. It was just more so like he's always getting into some shit. Like I don't know if you want to really oh, no. get into his own. I, you know, it's okay. But then now it's like, oh yeah, Cameron's really cool. Like go talk to him about oh. computer parts. Go talk to him about this. Go talk to him about life. Touch on about his kid, you know. I gotta be, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't the best guy. But oh no and you guys to be clear he was always chasing after girls so it's fine <laughs> or girls were chasing after him and sometimes i felt like i had to protect him <laughs> yeah, that's my motto faster cars and faster women <laughs> um you know my grandmother always jokes about my grandfather she's like you're like your grandfather you're never going to be alone i'm just <laughs> like don't, don't tell Alyssa that <laughs> You know, and and Alyssa was always like when I first met her, I remember her being so stressed, and now she's fine. So it's like, hey, yeah, we really balance each other out. Um, she's great. I really like her. I love her. But yeah, we really balance each other out, and I think a lot of that was just me growing out of that phase mm -hmm. of my life and uh, not being as obnoxious. <laughs> obnoxious and like where the fuck you at isms. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I had undiagnosed uh, manic depression, ADHD at the time. So when I, now that I have my diagnosis, when I have my medication order, just looking back, I'm like, oh my God, so much shit makes so much sense. <laughs> you know, take care of your mental health uh, audience. Like it's important, the earlier the better. Yeah. Like, you're not when did you, when did you actually find out that you were diagnosed with that? Um, actually when i was very young okay um, which you know unfortunately in our uh, black community mental illness is uh, something you could pray away mm -hmm. but uh, as i got older and i was in college doing like psychology classes and then thinking about it it's like you know i fall into a lot of these as uh, these um i guess cadences categories category yeah there you go behaviorisms yeah and so before uh i got off my parents insurance i uh started going to therapy and then psychiatrists and then started um, getting help and i really feel like if i got that help when i was younger i would have um 
I guess I wouldn't say be better off, mm-hmm. but I would have had a better understanding of people and uh, had more empathy and things of that sort. But then again, if I didn't go through what I went through or was how I was, I wouldn't be who I am today. So I don't know if I'd view it the same. Yeah, no, I 100% hear you. Um, yeah, I think it's really good to, even if the steps feel like it's a little bit later than what you're giving yourself as the standard, I think it's always good to have the conscious of that there's possibly some things that you might need to take care of and whether if you're diagnosed or not, just having the self-awareness about it and that correct empathy is always like the right steps. And I support that. And like you said, praying it away, that's, I can relate to that a lot because I remember taking psychology classes very early and um, like, I think I took my first one when I was like 18 and I'm like, yeah, a lot of these things make sense. And it made me like relate to people a little bit better and become a little bit more kind. Um, but it, it takes that and it really takes the initiative to really get into that. Anywho, um, we're actually getting some closing notes of the podcast. How can people find you? Um, <laughs> Without going to your house. <laughs> um, I think the best way to reach me, honestly, would be Facebook Messenger. Um, if you want to reach me through business, uh, it's cam at K-I-T-U-K-A-T-U.com or info. Um, I try to get on the Instagram and stuff like that. I'm still figuring it out. Um, I'm like your grandmother when it comes to, you know, everyone's grandmother when it comes to social media. So, you know, I'll get back to you eventually. Like, man, I'm trying to figure out TikTok and stuff like that. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to be out here Fortnite dancing and shit. So I'm just like... <laughs> yeah, and to be very clear, uh, your shirt is super fucking comfy that shirt that you have and when he says high quality stuff it's pretty good like the beanie that he's wearing is really good the shirt isn't like a scam where i hate to say it and put them on the blast but there's been a couple of times where i've ordered from Redbubble and i'm like what kind of shirt is this and i get really upset because like after three washes it gets all like weird and staticky but no this like the quality of clothing that cam puts into like it's it's very efficient and it's very um long lasting. So I would definitely like look into his, um, his clothing brand. And also, I mean, get a computer, get an aesthetically pleasing computer. We all need those. I mean, we got to pimp out our room. We can't just have like a computer. Everyone wants to be a streamer, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to be a streamer. He probably has good recommendations on soundware and stuff. I remember he made fun of my podcast setup when he first saw my podcast show like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, the fuck? Why didn't you talk to me before this? <laughs> like right now, what I'm talking to you on is just some simple stuff. I mean, hopefully I sound and look okay, but yeah, you look great. Thank you. I'm yeah. over here and I'm on my Mac computer. So like I need to like level up at some point. I know. I know. Money, money. But yeah, if you guys want to find Cameron, go ahead and find his stuff at kitukatu.com. You can find him, like you said, at cam at kitukatu.com or info at kitukatu.com. Um, you can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Facebook. And then when convention season happens, again, I'm sure you'll catch him around at Fanime. Or probably be in a dumpster. Or you can find him hiding in a dumpster like little grouchy is. <laughs> oh, my God, that's right. 
drag. Here, let me put this on real quick. That song was, that song is so legendary. I, I love Thundercat. Yeah. You're over here. Hold on. I got the whole fit on. Here you go. I'll put my grill in. I'll be out here. I'm trying to see if that's I can the other, That's the other unfortunate pro purchase I made during this pandemic. I was supporting my friend. I bought a grill. You bought a grill? It looks good. Thank you. But I wear a face mask everywhere, so where am I going to? As much as he sounds super mellow, this guy is all swagged out right now. He looks really good. Yeah. I see Thundercat whenever I get a chance. Dude, Thundercat's great. I saw him open up for Anderson Pack. It's 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 well worth it. Anywho, well, that concludes for today's episode of Don't Cast and Drive. You can follow Don't Cast and Drive on our sister page on Facebook with Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. You can also follow the, the sister page on Instagram, which is Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. And you can also follow me on Twitter, which is where I put all of the um, Don't Cast and Drive interviews at Begins Like This. Other than that, thanks for joining me today, Cameron. I'm sure he'll be wow. back on another day. Actually, he will be back on another day. He's going to be on the main show uh, on the 24th. So then that way he's going to be joining in on the conversations with me and Kylie for Lady Bird Things the Blues. So keep your eyes out on that. Other than that. Maybe I'll have my new hoodie up finally. I'm yeah, right. After this, I'm probably going to go get an iron and go pick up some shoes. <laughs> during the night. He's going to get all swagged out on his Sunday best, guys. It's fine. All right. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for listening. Bye.